All right, everybody doing good? Man, that was awesome, wasn't it? Great worship, great worship. It's, uh, man, I'm just glad to be here today, and hopefully you, uh, you are blessed already at having been here. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's December. It is uh, Christmas season. So Merry Christmas. I'm going to go ahead and say it on the front end, right? So uh, some of you guys have been decorating for two or three months already anyway. Some of you may have even left your house up the whole time. I don't know, uh, in uh, Christmas decor. But we are. We're on that move. We're on that march, if you will, towards celebrating the birth of Christ. And so as we are moving in that direction, the thing is, is we want to talk about all the details of it. We kind of want to unpack some things about that. And so we're excited about moving through this series uh, and peace on earth. It's what our, our nation needs, right? It's what our world needs. And, uh, and so it's one of those things that we look around and we realize, you know, hey, man, I need this. We all need this. You know, we all need this peace that, that God speaks of through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we're excited about what God's going to do. So if you're joining us online, uh, thank you for joining us in that way. And uh, man, we're praying for God to literally answer what we were just singing a few minutes ago. I mean, if you think back to a couple of the songs that we sang lyrically, what we were saying was God, that you have everything that we need and God, we trust you. That's really what today is about. You God, you have everything that I need. You have everything that, you know, that I need in my life. You can meet that need, you know, and God, I trust you. And so the question is, do we really trust him? Right? So let me just say this, I'm going to throw this out there and we'll talk a little bit more about it at the end, but next week is Celebrate the Miracles. So every Sunday, we call these celebration services. So every Sunday is a celebration. I mean, the songs, everything that we do is to celebrate who God is, you know, and how much he loves us, who Jesus is, what he did for us, and to celebrate just literally the spirit of God working in and through us. So we celebrate that every week. But next week, I'm just telling you, we ramp it up a little bit. Celebrate the miracles is that. It is a special day that we made a decision years ago when we started the church that every year we're going to take a time and we're going to celebrate all that God has done and what he's doing and what he has in store for us. And so that's what next Sunday is. So don't miss being here and being a part of that. We've already got like 11 people that are going public with their faith and they're going to be baptized. You know, if they all show up, hey, man, there may be more. Uh, so hopefully today, last week, we had like six people give their life to Christ in the services last week. That's a good day, right? And so hopefully, you know, they're going to follow Christ in believers baptism. Maybe there's somebody that's watching online today or somebody here in the room that will make that decision to trust Christ. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a celebration. So we're looking forward to it. So today I want us to kick off our series as we talk about promised peace. Promise peace. So today we talk about the scripture that we all are familiar with as we look at, uh, or at Christmas season. We often look at this. It says, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So this is the angels proclaiming this in, in the gospel of Luke. We see the shepherds hearing this statement, right? And, and so we will sing that. We will talk about that. We'll, we'll have Christmas songs that will be pointing that out throughout this season. So what does that mean? You know, what does it mean that it says glory to God in highest heaven? Obviously, we want to give God all the glory. It says, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And so we want to unpack that as we move through this series. What does that look like and, and what does that mean? And so there are times we often look around at our lives and we go, man, I'm not sure we have got that figured out yet. And so here's the question. Is it really possible to experience peace when life is so painful? And there's some of us in this room that maybe you feel like you're in the midst of a storm. Maybe it's a, it's a physical storm. Maybe, you know, the word cancer. Maybe there's something going on in your life. Maybe it's something to do with your heart. A good friend of mine has been in and out of hospitals all week. They're trying to figure out what's going on with his heart. And, uh, you know, but he has peace in that. And so it may be something physical that you're going through. Maybe you're dealing with a, you know, a, a, a diagnosis or maybe it's something that maybe your parents had or whatever. And you're going, hey, man, I'm afraid I'm going to get that. You don't live in fear. 
you know, but we're, we're, we're in that storm. Maybe it's a financial storm. You know, maybe this week you got the notice or whatever. Maybe, you know, somebody, you know, say, hey, listen, we're a collector and we're looking for, you know, this money that you owe us or whatever. And, and so there's all these things that can happen and it can rob us of peace, right? Or maybe there's something else going on in your life. Maybe it's a relational strain. Maybe there's something bad that has happened relationally. Or maybe there's just a relationship that can't ever seem to get right. You know, and you do everything that you can, but the relationship's always strained. It's always something. You go, how, is, how can there be peace you know, whenever there's so much pain in the world, you know, there's so many tragedies that we see. If you watch the news, you know, and that's what the news is pretty much is 99.9% of it is negative stuff that causes us to sometimes worry or fret, you know, and they're all, and that's their job, man, that, you know, the, the wow factor, if they can whip it up, you know, they want to work, work it into a frenzy where you're going, I got to see what happens next and what's next. And instead of looking to the one who says, Hey, I'll bring you peace. We look to the one that brings negativity all the time. It doesn't matter if it's social media, it doesn't matter if it's the media, you know, we're, but we're always inundated with these things that sound so negative. So the question is, can you really have peace you know, in the midst of this painful world? And the short answer is yes, but not in, your own, not in our own power. I, I can't in my own power because my tendency, because of the flesh, we focus on the negative. We tend to look at those things, you know, that, that are fleshly and we forget to look at the things that are spiritual. And so God is spirit, right? God is, God is at work. Even in this room, we prayed this this morning and I prayed, I prayed, you know, with other people believing that the spirit of God is at work in this room and he's moving in the hearts of people. And he's even convicting, right? Even now before the message has ever gone out that God is convicting and drawing people in. He said, Hey, listen, I want to speak some things into your life today. For those that are watching online, we're praying, you know, God's doing the same thing in their life. And, And so, you know, so the thing is, is the answer is yes, you can have peace, but it's not in our own power. It's not like I can just get there. It's not like I can meditate and think enough, you know, positive things that it's going to happen. Now, if I focus and meditate on the word of God, that's a positive thing, right? If I believe the truth of God's word, that's a positive thing. And so I can begin to focus on those things that will take the focus off of the negative in my life and the lies that the enemy feeds me. So the question is, where is this peace? You know, we often talk about, you know, where is this peace? Where is this peace? You know, we, we, we search for it and, you know, we sing about it. We talk about it. We'll even send Christmas cards this year. Maybe you'll send a Christmas card. That's kind of a lost art, I know. But maybe you'll send a Christmas card and it'll have something on there like peace on earth. And we all know that we need peace, right? So where's this peace? And let me just show, show you a stat here. It's kind of uh, mind-boggling. It says since, th- uh, since 3600 BC, the world has only known 292 years of peace. And I would just say not necessarily peace, but a lack of conflict. A lack of conflict rather than peace. During this period, there have been 14,531 wars, large and small, in which 3,640,000,000 people have been killed. We go, where's this peace that the Bible speaks of? And so for some of us, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for something where there's no conflict. You know, we're thinking that's, that's what God's talking about. God's saying, hey, listen, there's going to be a time where there's no conflict whatsoever. And so that's what we're focused on. And we become, hey, you know, there's got to be a time when there's no conflict in my life. There's no circumstances that cause it to be, you know, uneasy. And so we're searching for things that to oftentimes God's saying, hey, that's not there. Jesus knew that this would happen. He knew those stats. And so this is what Jesus says in Matthew 24, 7. He says, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. So Jesus knew that was going to happen, right? So he's speaking to the bad. He, he knows that there's going to be trouble in this world. 
He tells us in Scripture, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen. He kind of sets it up. And sometimes we go, all right, we're not going to read that part. We're just going to read the, the other stuff. And so he even tells us in John 16, he says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And so he's telling the disciples there, hey, guys, listen, I'm going to die. And they're going like, wait a minute, that's not going to happen. You know, Peter even said, hey, listen, that's not happening. But Jesus is telling them, hey, listen, this is, and I'm telling you this so that you can have peace in me. He said, hey, listen, I'm going to take care of your debt. I'm going to cover your sins. I'm going to make sure that, you know what, that man can be in right standing with a holy God. And he's telling them that. And, and they're not understanding it completely. But he said, I have told you all this, that you may have peace in me. Here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. And these disciples, had, well, they were changed you know, as a result of the, uh, the resurrection, they saw the crucifixion. They saw him die. They ran, they were in hiding, but it was the power of the resurrection that man changed everything. And then all of a sudden they believed. we talked about it a few weeks ago, man, I'm thankful for the resurrection. It empowered these guys. It's like they came to life spiritually. They'd been following him for three and a half years, but man, all of a sudden now they're empowered. They knew that, man, you know, there's something different. And that Jesus is who he says he is, and he really was resurrected. And so there's this power that's at work in them. And so no matter what they faced from that point forward, they were bold. You know, Peter would stand before anyone and proclaim the gospel rather than hide from a little girl. He's like, man, I'll tell everybody who Jesus is. And it changes whenever we have become emboldened because of the power of the gospel and the power of the resurrection. So peace isn't found in the absence of problems. I hope you can keep this, uh, remember this, but peace is not found in the absence of problems. I remember years ago, and I've told the story many times, I had a friend of mine named Bo Freeman, who was an incredible communicator. He was young. He was only like 19 years old, but he was an incredible communicator. Felt like God had called him in the, the ministry to be a pastor. It's what he wanted to be. And uh, he had been over in uh, Georgia at a D-Now the weekend before, and he had been uh, sharing there with some of the students and teaching, and he had taught about what heaven would be like. And he would say, hey, man, I can't wait to be, get there to see what heaven would be like. Well, the next morning, he's on his way to the University of Mobile where he went to school. And he was the president of the freshman class there. And it was a car that was on fire on the other side of the road. And his bow was going down the road. And there's a dump truck in front of him. They're looking over to see this car that's on fire. You know how rubberneckers are. They always got to see what's going on. And anyway, so the, the dump truck has a, a light changed. And so the last minute he slams on brake. Well, Bo's looking over. Bo runs into the back of that truck. And he hits his head on the beam that goes in between the windshield and the side window. And he was brain dead. And so here's this guy that we all loved, man. It was funny. I mean, you just, one of those guys you wanted to be around. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just, he made you laugh. He was so funny, so full of life, loved the Lord. I remember we went to, you know, his, his funeral, or we went to the wake, and we get there, and his mom and dad are standing there, and they're, you know, they're ministering to us. So, you know, here all his college guys are walking by, and and we're thinking that we're going to encourage them or we're going to, and man, we're, we're about to lose it. We're about to fall apart. And they're ministering to us. And there's this peace that is all over them that, man, I just, I, to be honest with you, I'm a new believer and I really couldn't understand how they had such peace. But man, they knew where Bo was at. They knew that he was, you know, he was with Jesus. And just watching them, you know, it, it affected me. All those years ago, it affected me, and I saw the peace that passes understanding in a, in a, in a mom and a dad's life, and they were, they were literally ministering to thousands upon thousands of people that came through. Probably 2,000 people walked through that, that funeral home that night. 
And, and so, you know, their, their peace wasn't found, you know, in, a, in circumstances. It was found in Jesus. It was because of their relationship that they had with the Father. And then whenever we, whenever we did the, the, the service or the, the celebration of Bo's life, I remember the gospel being presented and there were hundreds of, you know, there's tons of people that raised their hand for salvation. I don't remember how many got saved, but it was a ton of people. And, and even they were talking about whenever they went through the car, they had to get everything out. What they found was journals and what they found was devotionals. There was nothing in there that a mom and dad would be ashamed of. And so this mom and dad had peace. They knew that their son was in right standing with the father. So I don't know about you, but man, that peace you know, is, is something that we need. So peace isn't found in the absence of problems. They had problems. They just lost their son. You know, but the, the peace that we want is found in the presence of Jesus. It's the only place that it's found. And so there, there are so many times, I, I, I don't know if you've ever looked back at some of the, uh, the writings of the people that were in the uh, concentration camps. You know, and you'll, you'll see where, you know, we know what happened there. We know the torture that took place and you know, it's been well documented but there were so many that had peace, even in the midst of a concentration camp where you knew that they hated you, you knew they wanted to kill you, and they were going to wipe you out, and they were going to do everything they could to humiliate you. But there was peace there. I've seen people that are battling physical issues that, man, you know, you know we're, we're, we're heartbroken for them, but you know what? They have peace. They have peace. And so it's because, it's because of the presence of Jesus you know, that changes everything. So peace is found in the presence of Jesus, not in the absence of problems. And so if you're going through life this week or you're, you're thinking, hey, listen, if I can just kind of get everything the way I want it, then I'm going to have peace. You've missed it already. And, and so it comes from our, our time with the Father. It comes from our time with Jesus. I love this out of Isaiah chapter 9 as it, as it talks about Jesus. And this, again, a scripture that we read here at Christmas time. It says, it's talking about hope in the Messiah. It says, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Now, this is Isaiah writing to the, to the nations there, right? You know, and he's telling them, hey, listen, there's, there's, there's darkness and despair. And I know there are times we look at our nation and we feel like there's darkness and despair. There's darkness and despair. And, and so the, the nation of Israel, this is, this is written years ago, way before Jesus even was born. And so Isaiah is pointing, you know, pointing this out. He goes, it's not going to go on forever. The land of Zebulun and uh, Nephthali will be uh, humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. And the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. So those who walk in darkness will see a great light. You know, and, and we know, man, it's, that's pointing to Jesus, right? And for the, there's people in this room, maybe you've been walking in darkness all week. Man, I'm, my prayer is you're going to see light. A couple of weeks ago, I prayed for Paul's prayer. He said, man, I pray that your hearts will be filled with light. And so for those that are watching online, those that are in this room, maybe you feel like, man, it's been a week of darkness. And I'm just telling you, I have bad weeks as well. I promise you. This has not been my favorite week of my life. You know what I'm saying? That we have those weeks, but you got to go, you know, God, fill my heart with your light. God, fill my heart with your spirit. God, fill me with, with focus. Help me to see you. Help me to hear you. And God, that's what I need. And there are times that I go, God, I just need to hear your voice. I need you to speak into my life. I need you to speak things over me. And so the people will walk in darkness, who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. I love that. And you will enlarge the nation of Israel. And his people will rejoice. And they will rejoice before, before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. 
for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. I hope we can get our mind around that, that we, you know, the, the, the yoke of slavery to sin has been broken. And if we're continuing to walk in that, man, we're just putting the yoke back on, on ourselves because Jesus has already taken it off. And we've got to be willing to walk in that freedom and go, you know, God, you have set me free. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am no longer a slave to an addiction. God, I'm no longer a slave to whatever it might be. But God, I can walk in that freedom. And it's only because of the presence of Christ that we can say that. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. And the boots of the warriors and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. Now, I love this uh, passage here. You know, we just read about all these wars that have taken place through the years. We just talked about the concentration camps and what Germany did to so many of the Jews. And so what we do is we look at this and we go, you know what? All that that we see and we hear in those stats, Scripture says, you know, that, that, that will be done away with. It will literally be used for, for fodder in a fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. We, we read this, right? And we claim this, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of what? Peace. And so that's who Jesus is. And so if we're going through life and we don't have peace, maybe because our focus is on our circumstances and not on, not on the Prince of Peace. And so we're going through life and we've got to, you know, and oftentimes, and you know, we know there's, ne- there's negative Nancy's around, right? There's some that are just bottom dwellers. It's always going to be the worst. You can, you know, you can, you can get up and the sun's going to be so bright and they're going to go, man, it's too bright, right? You know, you know, or if it's raining, they go, you know, man, it's, it's, it's raining, you know, or whatever. And they're, they're upset by that. And you go, hey, man, we were in a drought. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's always going to be those, but here's the thing. That's a choice. There's a choice. And he will be called wonderful counselor. So he's a counselor for us. I mean, there's so many of us in this room. We need counsel. I need counsel. You know, I seek wise counsel from those that know more than I do and those that I feel like have a whole lot more wisdom than I do. And so we need to seek counsel. And maybe you're going through a tough season. Don't isolate, but go ask. Hey, miss, hey, listen, I need some wisdom. I need some guidance in this. And here's the thing. Spend time with the Father. Let God counsel you through his word. Let him teach you and walk with you. He's a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Amen. Amen. That was weak. We serve a mighty God. Amen. Yeah, that's better. I, I, that might even got his ear. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he said, okay, they believe it. And we got to believe that we serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Everlasting father, prince of peace. He's an everlasting father, man. He's, he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. And we've got to know that. And we've got to be confident in that. And here's the thing. If we focus on those things, it gives us, to me, an assurance whenever I'm facing the battles of this life. And the prince of peace, that's where the peace comes in. His government and his peace will never what? Never end. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what's going on, it'll never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. That's one of my favorite lines in the whole thing. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. And so we think about the passionate, you know, you know, a lot of people watch football yesterday or they watch football on the weekends and man, they, some people get passionate about it, right? They're all into it. They're, they're all into that. And it's just a game. One of my favorite commercials is the Dr. Pepper commercial where the guy's out skipping rocks. Have y'all seen that one? And the guy's like, Hey man, it's just a bunch of kids playing a game. And she's like, Oh, he's lost it. You know I mean? It's so funny. It's one of my favorite ones. And that commercial is, it, it's making fun of how it gets, right? But it's about, a, it's about a game, and we're so passionate about a game, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But are we passionate about the things that God is passionate about? Because here's what I love. God is passionate about it. 
And this passage right here makes it clear that God is passionate about you being set free. God is passionate about you living in peace. God is passionate about you being a witness for him. God's passionate about us. He's committed to it. I said it last week. He is committed to us. Are we committed to him? Are we all in? And so I love that, that passage there. Jesus, was, Jesus wasn't promising to give us peace that was based on our circumstances. He wasn't promising that. I mean, if you know much about the disciples, you know, they literally, every one of them, you know, died a, a horrible death. Some were crucified upside down. Some were killed by the sword. You know, uh, John, who died on the, on, on the Isle of Patmos, was the only one that died of old age. And so you might think, well, you know, they had it made. No, 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 they didn't have it made. They had troubles, just like Jesus spoke about. And we in, our, in this life, there'll be challenges and there'll be troubles and there'll be things that don't go the way that we would like. But the question is, is are we focused on our circumstances or are we focused on Jesus? And so Jesus wasn't was promising to give us peace that was based on our circumstances. And I love this. He was promising a peace in spite of our circumstances. So in spite of a diagnosis of cancer, we can have peace. In spite of heart issues that the doctor can't seem to figure out, we can have peace. Because we're not worried about death. Death is not, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't put fear in us. Because God has already conquered that. Jesus conquered death, the grave, sin, right? He conquered all that. He defeated hell. And so we're not worried about that. And, and so what we're saying is, you know, in the midst of whatever I'm facing, you know, God, there's, there's peace. There may be things that come up and you go, man, how are we going to pay for this? And you go, God, I trust you. God, I trust you completely. God, I, pr- I trust you to provide. And there's people that are wanting to go on the trip to Israel and they go, you know, I really feel like God wants me to go and I want to be a part of this. And they're going, you know, God, I'm, I'm trusting you. And I love that. that. That's faith. Some people say, man, that's stupid faith. No, no, no. You work hard at it, but you trust God. Do you really trust him with everything? And here's the thing. We will trust him with our soul for salvation, right? We put our faith in Christ. We believe that Jesus died on the cross and we believe that he can save us from going to hell, but we don't believe that he can meet our needs financially. We don't believe that God can do all that he says he can do. Now, God may say, hey, listen, I need you to get your butt up out of, out of the bed and go to work, right? And I may, I may need you to do some things, but here, there's some things I'm going to get you to do that, you know, may not make sense. It's kind of a God math. And you go, you know, for some of you in this room, you go, God, you know, I only make this amount, but you're telling me to return a tithe. God, I don't know if I can do that. Mathematically, you may not be able, be able to do that, but God said, hey, listen, if you'll return it, I promise you, I'll bless you with more than you can even handle. And so most of us in this room would, would probably deny that. But most of you have closets that are full of stuff. A lot of you even rent storage space where you can put all the stuff you can't keep at your house, right? Or you're asking somebody else, hey, can I put it over at your place? Or your attic is about to fall in because you got so much stuff up there, right? And so we have got way more than we deserve. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I trust you to meet my needs financially, even relationally. You know, maybe you've got that wayward child. Maybe you've got that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter. And you go, God, you know, it's, it, it's just not working. They're not changing. We go, God, I, I trust you. I know that you have not given up on them. God, you, you hear my prayers. And, and let me just say this. When we pray, we don't strong arm God. We don't, we don't twist his arm behind his back and try to get him to do what we want him to do. We come to him asking. You know, like Pastor Dwayne said the other day, we ask. We go, God, we're asking. And I don't know about you guys, but whenever my kids ask me for things the right way, they tend to get my ear. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just a broken dad. I'm just a messed up guy. But God, the father hears our prayers when we ask the right way with the right kind of heart and with real faith. And so he was promising a peace in spite of our circumstances. 
A lot of people aren't, aren't at peace unless their circumstances are just what they want in life. That's what they want, right? A lot of times we're, we're thinking, well, you know, this is what will give me peace. We're, you know, we're wanting the, the, the relationships to be the way that we want them. And sometimes that's not the way that God wants those relationships. We just have kind of maybe in our minds say, hey, God, this is what I want. And so, God, I want you to get these relationships this way. And whenever you do that, I'll have peace. And that, so, again, that's based on your circumstances, right? Or maybe it's the right kind of job. You know, if I made this amount of money, then I would have peace. No, maybe not. Because your heart hasn't changed just because you got more money, right? You're still going to live. You're going to spend what you make. That's what we do. We always say, well, you know, if I, you know, if I had this much money, everything would change. Some things would. But if you haven't, then, you know, it, your peace is not going to be there. Amen. And so we've got to be able to say, God, you know, don't let me focus on the, on the circumstances. Maybe you're thinking about retirement, you know, and you're thinking, well, I'll have peace when I know I got enough. Well, it seems like it's never enough right? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much you have in the bank. It's like, hey, it's never enough. And so we're always looking for something more. And so, you know, and maybe, maybe for some of us in this room, especially in the last few years, it's, hey, what political party is in power? Then I'll have peace. That's what will determine it. And I love what Pastor Dwayne said. He said, it's not about the donkey. It's not about the elephant. It's about what? The lamb. That's right. Somebody was listening right here. It was about the lamb. And so, man, my trust in Jesus is not in a political party. It's in, it's in Jesus. That's where my trust is at. And so our circumstances oftentimes determine our peace. We're focused on the wrong things. And we've got to be willing to say, God, I don't want it to be about my circumstances. And so peace comes from trusting completely in Jesus. And so I would ask all of us to ask this this morning. You know, maybe, maybe in, your, in your mind you, you make a list. Or maybe if you got, you know, we got pens there. You got paper. Maybe you're sitting at home. You make a list. What do you really trust God completely for? Do you, trust, do you trust him for salvation? Do you trust him to meet your needs financially? Do you trust him to heal your relationships? Do you trust him to heal your marriage? Do you trust him to, do you trust him to use you, you know, to, do, to do the works that he's called you to do? Do you trust him if he calls you to the ministry? Do you trust him if he calls you to be a missionary? Do you trust him to use you in the workplace to make a difference? Or are you always looking to get out of there? Because oftentimes God will put that light in a dark place. And so what do you trust him for? Do you really trust him? And so make a list of everything that you, and here's the thing, that you completely trust him for. That you go, you know what? I trust God completely in this area. And then I would say make a list of the areas that you don't trust him in and see which list is bigger. And then how, how do you work on this list over here where you don't completely trust him and say, God, I want everything to be completely, on, on, I mean, I want it to be on the complete list because if you don't trust him in these things, this list isn't complete anyway, and you don't completely trust him, right? And so we've got to be willing to ask that. So God, help me to trust you completely. I love this passage here out of Isaiah. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. And so when we can get our mind around that, that you know what, man, God, I, I trust you completely. Jesus, I trust you completely. Jesus, I trust you to work in me. And there are times that we go, you know what, I, I can't change. Yes, you can change. If Jesus comes into your life, he changes you, right? Uh, I think about that light we were talking about earlier. You know, there, there are certain things about the light. But when the light is inside of us, it begins to drive out darkness, right? And, and so that light of Christ comes into our, our life. It begins to drive out darkness. It begins to reveal things that, are, that we think we have hidden in the dark. If I were to invite, tell you guys, hey, listen, I just want to let you know Jesus is coming to your house today. 
what, what would change in your life? Would you start trying to clean you up? Would you start trying to clean your house up? Would you start trying to clean up your TV? Would you take your phone out and start going, I'm getting rid of that app and that app and that app? I mean, what would change if Jesus was coming to your house today, right? And that's kind of our mentality sometimes. We think, well, hey, well, if Jesus, if Jesus were coming over, it'd be a different ball game. He's already there if you're a believer, right? He's already there. And so we have to ask ourselves, do I completely trust him? Do I completely surrender my life to him daily? Do I, do I trust him to meet my every need? And so this passage here, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And what happens is we have a tendency, we, we focus on the circumstance rather than keeping our eyes focused on, on God. I was reading an, ar- an article this past week uh, about a, a reporter who was doing an article on a, on a family that was struggling and, uh, you know, at Christmas, we always want to give at Christmas, and we always want to do something special for people around Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, uh, uh, we, we, we want to give, and I, I appreciate our church giving. We, we gave, you know, over, uh, over, over a ton of food, you know, last month to a target interfaith. And, and uh, man, God, God just blessed that, and you guys gave, and I appreciate that. But a lot of times, you know, people want to give and do things at Thanksgiving and Christmas. But we forget about the rest of the year, you know what I'm saying? Like nursing homes, man, they can't get people in enough you know there's people so many people that want to be there at thanksgiving and christmas the rest of the year there's nobody there there's people sitting in hallways and so this guy he, he knew this, he, he wanted to do a, an article on his family and, and anyway it was a, a single parent mom who had two little girls and anyway they each had a dress they were so poor they they struggled for food and they had, didn't have any clothes and and anyway so he did this article on them and and the, the two little girls had a dress a piece and they had one sweater and so where they lived there in Chicago, they would, they would literally walk to school and they would have to take the sweater off halfway and one would wear the sweater the rest of the way. And, um, and so they had to share that sweater that way. And uh, the guy wrote about it and he put it out there and man, people responded and people started sending clothes and food and money and just, he was blown away by it. And so the guy's talking to the mom of the two girls and he was like, what do you think? And she goes, well, we've got to give some of this away. We don't need this much. And he's like, he's blown away. He's like, do what now? You know, these people gave this to you. He said, yeah, but you know, our trust is not in this stuff. Our trust is in Jesus. And, and this guy was blown away. And he was like, I don't understand. And she said, our trust is in Jesus. It's not in these people. It's not even in the stuff. And here's this lady who had nothing. You know, and, and, and this guy's name was Lee. His name was Lee Strobel. I don't know if you guys have ever read his book. The, the cause for Christ or the case for Christ where he was blown away and it, it just stirred his heart and he began to do the research and he wanted to find out more about this Jesus this lady was talking about and it changed his life and so our trust in Jesus will have an impact on the lives of the people around us right and so here's the thing his trust in in Jesus changed so many people through a, bu- a book that he wrote and, and so we've got to be one say God I, I trust you completely you're the one that I trust I love this out of Philippians I'll have people that tell me they're struggling with anxiety or they're struggling with things and man, they, they become anxious, whatever. And I tell them, hey man, memorize this verse and use this as, as if you would, as the weapon, if the sword of the spirit against, against the enemy, whenever he, he tells you these lies, but don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. You know, I, next week is celebrate the miracles. 
And I love Celebrate the Miracles. It's one of my favorite things that we do. And I had people ask me, they'll say, dude, tell me what Celebrate the Miracles is. These are pastors at other churches. And I said, well, here's, here's what we do. It's our, it's our once a year where we just really kind of go all out and we celebrate all that God has done. We celebrate what God is doing and we celebrate in advance what God is going to do in our church and through our church in the year ahead, right? Does that make sense? So that's what we do. I said, it's also where we take up the big give offering, which is our, you know, our, our missions offering. And hundred percent of that goes towards missions. Last year, we took up $139,000 that went towards missions. All of that goes towards missions. I said, the other thing is we do a business meeting. It's where we, we present our budget and we say, Hey, listen, guys, this is what we believe it's going to take. This is what we're trusting God to provide through his people and through his church. And they're all like, dude, that is awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling them, so here's my thing. I, I think back to this passage right here. I'm not going to worry about it. We're going to plan well. We're going to do our due diligence, right? We're going to make sure that we've you know, been good stewards. But the thing is, is we trust God to meet that need for that budget. We, and that's what we do. We trust God for that. We tr- you know, it's like the big give. I'm going, you know what, God, how much? And I just ask everybody, just pray about what God would have you give. And I've had people say, hey, well, you need to set a goal. And I'm like, let God set the goal. Somebody's like, well, if you'll tell me you're trying to get this amount, then I'll try to make sure you get to that amount. It's like, it's not me. Who do you trust? Trust God. Ask God to tell you what to give and give that, right? That's the way it ought to function. Not, hey, I'm going to just try to help Mike get that goal. It's not me. It's about God. It's about going, God, what do you want me to give? And what we always ask, hey, give sacrificially. Pray about it. And whatever God puts on your heart to give, you got to trust him. And I'm just telling you, there's been every year... In our family, I always go, you know, God, are you sure? <laughs> God, are you sure that's what you want us to give? Because, you know, I'm looking at the bills and I don't know, God. But the thing is, is he's always met our need. We, we, he always meets our need. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So if you're worrying about stuff, there's really no need in praying, right? And if you're praying about stuff, there's no need in worrying. That's what scripture says. And so, God, I don't want to worry. I want to plan well. I want to be a good steward. But, God, I want to trust you. And then you will experience God's peace. There it is again, right? So when we do those things, we experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. In other words, we can't even get our mind around it. Whenever we do God math, in other words, we trust him, and we see his hand provide, and we go, you know what? It doesn't make sense, but God does it. I don't even understand it. I don't understand how God works sometimes, but I don't have to. I just have to trust him. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so here's what I I love is his peace will guard my heart and my mind from the lies of the enemy. And the enemy is always trying to bombard us with lies. He's always feeding us a lie. And I don't know about you guys, but I've shared this many, many times. I wake up in the mornings on Sunday morning. I probably have more attack on Sunday mornings than I do probably any other day of the week it seems like and I know why I mean it's a a no-brainer but I wake up battling the enemy every Sunday morning I woke up at about 4 20 this morning same thing and and I'm battling the lies nearly every Sunday but I don't listen to the lies I lean into the peace right because I know that God is going to use me. And I know that God says, hey, Mike, I, I trust you. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak before the people. And I always ask God, what do you want to say to your people? That's my prayer every week. God, what do you want to say to your people? And so he guards us. He protects us. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I'll just be honest with you. There's not a whole lot of that on social media. Now, some people might post a scripture here and there. But 99% of the stuff that's on there is garbage. 
And even the stuff that's on the news, a lot of times it's garbage. You know, and we've got to be, you know, you might say, well, Mike, I need to be informed. I get being informed. But here's the thing. What are you focused on? What are you spending your time on? What are you fixing your thoughts on? Are you fixing your thoughts on the word of God or what the latest you know, news station said or what the latest whatever? Are you fixing your thoughts on the positive things that are happening in your life or all those things that seem to be negative? You're focused on the, the circumstances. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me and everything you heard me, heard from me and saw me doing. And then the God of peace will be with you. And so this is, this is Paul saying, hey, listen, man, just do what you saw me doing. He goes, hey, man, listen, I've been through it all. But I say focused on what mattered most. Everything else was just rubbish. And so here's our next steps. Maybe for you, you go, you know what? I've got to stop trusting the world. I've got to stop trusting the stuff of this world. I've got to stop trusting in those things that don't really make a difference in life. I've got to stop trusting in money. I gotta stop, you know, it doesn't mean you don't work. That means your trust is not in money. You know, your trust is in God who, who, who uses money as a tool. That's all money is, is a tool. Too often what we do is we love money more than we love God. You know, that's evident by looking at our checking accounts, right? We, we love money more than we love God. So we go, God, you know, I want you to speak to me. I want you to show me the steps you want me to take. God, I want to be a good manager, a good steward of the resources you've entrusted me with. God, I want to trust you, not this world. Today, I want to choose to focus on and trust Jesus and not my circumstances. I, I want to focus and trust on Jesus and Jesus alone, not my circumstances. To whatever's going on in your life, it seems like it's not going the way you want it to. To God, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to, I'm going to learn from God what to do and how to handle that. And I'm, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm oblivious to it. I'm just going to go like, la, la, la. I'm not going to look over there. I'm going to just say, God, I trust you. And I'm asking you to speak into me the steps I need to take. So choose today. And then here's the other one, or the last one. Spend time daily in the what? In the presence of Jesus. In the presence of Jesus. You know, I, I, I put a, a post out this week just on advice on preparing for worship. And I would, I would just say this, that man, I need corporate worship. I think we all do. Now I can worship at home and I can worship you know, out in the woods, I can worship out on a lake, I can worship in a lot, but I need corporate worship. And so just singing the songs while I go and hearing the church sing, just, man, it, it, it ministers to me. And it causes me, you know, to, to be stirred and to be excited about what God is doing here among us, right? And I know there's some that can't be here in the room with us because of physical issues. And I pray that God allows what is happening here in this room to bless you. But I, I would just say, that, man, that being in the presence of Jesus is such a powerful thing. And when we can do it corporately, there's something special about that. But, man, daily getting up and spending time in prayer, daily spending time in His Word, you know, and living out what He has taught us to live out, it'll change everything. Because when Jesus comes into our life, I'm telling you, man, He changes us from the inside out, right? My prayer is maybe that there's somebody here in the room or maybe somebody watching online that, man, today would be the day they let Jesus change them. They let Jesus change them. And I would just say this too. There's some of you in this room that you've been believers for a long time, but you don't live in peace. You don't have peace. You have turmoil and chaos and fear and anxiety. 
And it's because your focus is on the wrong thing. Or maybe you've spent too much time in the presence of something else other than the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so maybe today you go, you know what? It's time for that to change. Because I'm not helping our family. I'm not helping our marriage. I'm not helping my relationships. I'm bringing all that into it. And so God, I want to focus on you. And I want you to change me so that I bring the light of the world, the light of Jesus into everything that I touch. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I don't know what your need might be today, but I know all of us need peace, right? Even the believer sitting in the room, you need peace. There may be some of you in this room that you've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. You've never been saved. You've never been born again. Never been redeemed. Never been saved. But you realize today that, boy, you really need it. You really want it. Maybe you're watching online. You say, that's me. And here's the cool thing is you can receive God's greatest gift today by faith and faith alone. And just say, Jesus, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross and you died for me. I believe you bled out your precious blood to save me, to redeem me. So Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I give you everything. I give you it all. I trust you completely with everything. I trust you completely with my life, with my soul, with my future. I surrender to you. And so if that is your prayer, I'm telling you, Jesus hears that prayer. Just confess your sins. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I am broken. I'm in need of a Savior. So, Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. So there's confession, repentance, surrender. And whenever those things take place, there's new life. God God gives you a new name. You know what I'm saying? He, He gives you a new heart. You become a new creation. And it's all by faith in what Jesus has done. It's not anything you have to earn or work or figure out or learn knowledge-wise. It's just surrender. And so if you're here today or if you're watching online, you just made that decision, you just prayed that prayer, man, we would love to know. We'd love to be able to celebrate with you. If you were in the room and you do that, if you don't mind, just raise your hand. Say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room? Just raise your hand. Anybody? It tells me there's a lot of believers in the room. Maybe you did that online. If you did, man, text my decision to 94,000. We want to know. But I believe there's a lot of believers in this room that are living in chaos and, and turmoil and anxiety and fear. And that probably is a better indicator of what your life or your week has been like. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? There's hands all over the room. Let me just say that's not how Jesus wants you to live. He wants you to live hopeful, fruitful, fulfilled, abundant life. Peace that passes understanding. And let me challenge you and let me encourage you to change your focus. To put your focus on Jesus. To spend time in His presence. And to trust Him completely. Our worship team is going to come. They're going to lead us in a song. And I'm going to ask if you would just to respond as the Holy Spirit leads. But the altar will be open. The prayer team will be here to pray with you.
There's some things you probably need to lay down and let go of. Everybody stand across the room and you just respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Father, we thank you for this moment. God, we pray that you would move in our hearts. God, I pray that all these that raise their hand about fear and anxiety, God, they would lay it down. They would change their focus and they would enter into your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.